Well, half a day and good afternoon. It's six minutes after three o'clock. KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. And you're listening to Live Till Five. Today, Chris Harper filling in for Pastor Jared Baldwin, who's off island. So today on the program, we'll be talking about focusing on beaches. That will be our theme, but we're not going to get to talking about beaches for a little while here. We'll have some of our regular segments. Be bringing back a couple of segments that we haven't done in a while, like some idioms. Special guests on the show today, some of the Harper children. And a regular on the show, Sebastian Basildua. So, I want to let you know a couple of things. You can either listen to our rebroadcast, either on Saturday from noon to 2, or 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday night, the Live Till 5 rebroadcast. You may be listening to this program during one of those times as well. Thank you for tuning in. We also provide for you the podcast download on khmg.org, khmg.org. And that's usually available sometime after the program, right about seven o'clock in the evening on Friday night. And if you are following us on Facebook, there's always a link posted there. It's Harvest Family Radio on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio on Facebook, or you can find us on Twitter as well at Harvest Fam Radio, Harvest Fam Radio on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram as well. I don't post any links or anything there, but we uh, we do have um, original photos, landscape photos from around the island daily. Now, I've been off island for a couple of weeks, and so I haven't uh, posted any photos until yesterday. Yesterday was the first photo in a while, and I'll be posting daily again here soon. Hopefully, over the next few days, I've still got some vacation time, and uh, over the next few days, be going out and doing some photographing and uh, some brand new photographs from around the island. But you can follow us on Instagram at Harvest Family Radio. So, beaches are theme today, but I want to start with a a segment that we haven't done in a while on Live Till 5, but it's one I enjoyed, and it's one that uh, I always think about when I hear an idiom that I haven't heard explained. So I want to bring you the idiom of the day. Uh, I know earlier Sarah had mentioned to me, Sarah, one of the Harper children here, she had mentioned to me, she said, why do you have a paper that says money doesn't grow on trees. And I said, well, that's for the idiom of the day segment. So several idiom. what I did is I just went and uh, found an interesting source of idioms. And then I just selected all those that I hadn't thought about in a while and thought I would use them for today's idiom of the day segment. And then I want to come back after our first break and talk to you a little bit about what I was doing uh, while I was off island. And so we'll do that in uh, after our first break. But let's start with some idioms of the day. Um, perhaps your mother told you at some point, if you were requesting cash, that money 
doesn't grow on trees. Seems an obvious statement. If you know anything about botany, you understand and realize that money does not grow on trees. But this expression means that money doesn't come easily or without effort. And you should be careful how much money you spend because there's only a limited amount. You may not get your hands on more. It's not just like you can go outside today and pick some more off the trees. The example they have is, Dad, can I have a new bike? We can't afford one, Dad says. Money doesn't grow on trees, you know. When Tony was younger, his father told him that money doesn't grow on trees and that he would have to work hard if he wanted to be rich. There's a Japanese proverb that states that contrary to the above idiom, money can grow on trees. The proverb states, money grows on the tree of persistence. In other words, if you keep trying and never give up, money will come to you. Yeah, I... uh... Whenever I, I had money, the view of money growing up as a child, I, it was very um, weird. Like, I didn't really understand the concept of money, yeah. the concept of a checkbook. Um, for me, when I saw something and I saw that it required money, I was like, Mom, write in your checkbook the amount that sure. that item is worth, and we can have it. <laughs> but it, but I'd never registered to me that, you know, it wasn't just writing free money on a checkbook, you know, the right. check and yeah. Well, you sometimes think when you're a kid that your mom or your dad has an endless supply of money exactly. in their purse and that for some reason they're holding out on you. Yeah. And it's like all they ever hey. yeah. All they ever see is uh uh you seeing the amount of money you need to pay and then you just write in the checkbook that amount of money. It's like, "Oh, they must right. have that must be how money works. Just yeah. write in this checkbook and you'll get these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a never ending supply because, you know, there's always enough to pay for whatever you're purchasing at that yeah. moment. And I also I also actually thought that you had to pay to work. Oh. <laughs> that was a weird view. <laughs> to get a job. I was like, you have to pay and, and the better the better job you had, you obviously were paying more money to yeah. be there. Hey. That's an that'd be an interesting way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you do get paid, you might get paid in what's called a lump sum. Have you guys heard of a lump sum? You haven't heard of a lump sum? A lump sum is a large amount of money you pay or receive all at once rather than in increments over a period of time. Here's the example. You will receive a tax-free lump sum of $50,000 at retirement age, would you like to repay that amount installments or in one lump sum, someone might ask. Did you know the origin of the phrase lump sum comes from one of the meanings of the word lump, which is not broken or divided into parts? If we lump people together, it means we put them together in one single group. That's great. So when I see my see a group of friends together, I'll just go and call them, you guys are my lump of friends. Yeah, a lump of friends. Yes. Yeah. A lump of friends. Yeah. <laughs> How about to have your cake and eat it too? This is one my mom uses a lot. Um, she says, oh, you think you're going to have your cake and eat it too? Which 
makes sense to me that you would, if you had a cake, you would also eat it. But for some reason, that's not what this means. If someone wants to have their cake and eat it too, they want everything their way. Sometimes suggests that someone is not willing to compromise even when conflicts exist. Here's the example. I work at home so I could raise my family and still earn money. And it let me have my cake and eat it too. The idiom, idiom is often used in the negative. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, if you want a senior consultant to work here, you must pay the salary she demands. Someone might say, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. A similar idiom is you can't have it both ways. Yes. Can't have your cake and eat it too. How about to win by a nose? This seems obvious to me too if you've ever seen horse racing or anything like that where you've seen the horse come across the finish line and the only thing protruding to get the horse across the finish line is just the nose. To win by a very small amount, this means... I ran the fastest race I could, but I only won by a nose. This idiom comes from horse racing, where from about 1900 on, it referred to a finish so close that only the tip of the horse's nose reached the finish ahead of the second horse. There's a similar idiom with the same meaning, meaning to win by a whisker. So if you win by a whisker, it's the same as... Winning by a nose. You should just call it a whisker. A whisker of, uh, you know, winning by a whisker. I, 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 I'd go with that. <laughs> it's raining cats and dogs. Now, I have a couple of friends that remember when I was a kid. Um, not when I was a kid. When my kids were little, that I think it was Hannah said she didn't like the phrase. Now I'm pointing you out, Hannah. Sorry. I, she didn't like the phrase raining cats and dogs, and she asked, why don't they say it's raining butter and jello? To which I said, I'm not really sure. That's very logical. Why it's, <laughs> why it's not raining. It's raining cats and dogs means it's raining very heavily. You should take an umbrella with you. It's raining cats and dogs out there. The phrase originated in the 17th century in England. Heavy rain would occasionally wash dead animals through the street. Ooh. The animals didn't fall out of the sky, of course, but the sight of dead cats and dogs being washed down the street with the rain caused people to joke that it must be raining cats and dogs. Wow. I never knew that. That one I never knew either. And after all the years of doing idioms on Live Till 5, you'd have thought that I would know that. But I don't. You know what I did here, Sebastian? Yeah. I, uh, I failed to stop the auto thing on there great and so i played through all of my songs and everything so this is uh, wonderful yeah i made a big i made a big mistake but i i'm gonna see these are the technical problems you run into when you don't do the show very often it didn't it didn't result in a mistake on the show live but it, in a few moments, it will result in a mistake <laughs> because I won't have all the stuff that I need. That's, that's a good line. I want to use that in the future if yeah. I ever mess up. This has not caused a problem live, but um, it will result in a problem soon. Yes. 
Uh, why don't you read the one under the weather, Sebastian, okay. so I can fix this yeah. mess. Under the weather. Have you heard of under the weather? Are you feeling under the weather? I mean, I guess most people would feel under the weather since they are all under the weather, technically. But it actually means if you're under the weather, you are sick or unwell. Example, I think I will stay home from work today. I'm feeling a bit under the weather. You should go to the doctor. You look under the weather. Did you know this idiom originated in the British Navy? When a sailor became sick, he was kept under the deck or under the weather. He was kept under the deck. Yes, so he could get well. Apparently, deck and weather are the same thing in the British Navy. I'm just kidding. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I am not British. <laughs> the British Navy was the greatest of all navies in the world at one point, and now it's just a, a mere footnote in history. Not the greatest navy in the world at this point, but uh, under the weather. So those are our idioms of the day. That's something we haven't done in a while, and I wanted to sort of bring that back out of the mothballs. I thought we had gone through every idiom we could possibly go through. But there were several of those I hadn't heard before. I so, agree. Yeah, I so thought we went through them all. There's always a there's always something new that you need to learn. So, all right, we're going to take our first break of the day. It's almost 20 minutes after three o'clock. You're listening to Live Till Five. Again, you can listen to us on khmg.org. Just click the Listen tab at the top, or you can listen on 88.1 FM either uh, today live. Uh, from 3 to 5 here on Friday, or we also have a rebroadcast on Saturday noon to 2, Sunday 7 to 9 p.m. Thanks for listening to Live Till 5 today. There's a dark and a troubled side of life. There's a bright and sunny side too. Though we meet with the darkness and strife. Sunny side we also with you There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore on that. Well, half a day and good afternoon. It's 24 minutes after 3 at KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. I come in with that song because that was an important song uh, in what I was doing while I was away off island for about 10 days, visiting my family and going to the memorial service for my dad and uh, his graveside service just before that. Now, I play that song because of the hopefulness of the occasion. And when I've been talking to people about my trip so far, I know that it may be sort of an uncomfortable moment for them when I say, my family and I had a good week. Usually you don't think of something like a graveside service and memorial service for someone as close as your father of being a good time for the family. There is no doubt everyone at the end 
of that week said, it has been a good week because of the words of this song. Just want to let you listen to a little bit more of this song as they close it out. Talking about the glorious day when we go to be with the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and I were able to sing that song at uh, my dad's memorial service, and it was a hopeful time, a hopeful moment. Uh, we uh, came to the, the graveside service, and uh, he was able to, because of being a veteran, was actually stationed on Guam through much of the Korean War era uh, in the Air Force, and was honored with full military honors at his graveside service. So that's um, an inspiring moment when you uh, see the, the uh, flag-draped uh, um, um, coffin or um, casket brought to the place where my dad would be buried. And um, you hear the, the three-gun salute um, sort of back off in the corner. And uh, Taps is played uh, in the distance. We're in a beautiful setting where my dad was buried. And you hear that and you think about his military service and the sacrifice that he made. And then, of course, uh, two of the airmen come over. They fold that flag up in just the way it's supposed to be folded, handed it to my mother. And that was a, a moment of really remembering and being thankful for uh, my dad's military service. And I was really thankful for at that moment that um, commitment that our military has to honor veterans. And it doesn't matter how long you were in the, the military. Um, uh, some, several of the folks there told us that um, those military honors are for every veteran. And so it was a, a great, great time. And I remember looking at that casket and saying to my brother who was there, and there was a great pastor there who was able to lead that service, just a short service, read some scripture there at the graveside. And I remember commenting to my brother, I believe everything in what that pastor said. And as I look at that casket there, I know my dad is not in that casket, but he's gone to heaven to be with the Lord. And so that was a moment where I was realizing not simply that um, we were honoring someone's life, but that they were more alive then at that moment than they'd ever been in their previous 86 years. So my father knew the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, it was a hopeful, hopeful time. It was a time for the family to get together. It was a time for all of us to to laugh together, to think about some times um, when they were, that were difficult. Uh, in the final four years of my dad's life were very, very difficult. Um, I remember three Christmases in a row, them telling us, we're not sure if dad's going to make it through the, through the night. And yet three Christmases he did, and he bounced back, and uh, finally... Uh, this time, uh, he wasn't able to bounce back. But we were ready, and my dad was ready, and he was thinking about so often going home 
to be with the Lord. There was a pastor there visiting while I was there at my parents' church, and he talked about how that the real us is not this body that we live in. The real us is the spirit that lives inside of us. And we just happen to be wrapped in a shell of dust. And the real us is that spirit inside, and we're just wrapped in a dust shell. And when the shell falls away, our spirit goes back to God where it came from. So we can have eternal life, like my dad looked forward to and that we had hope in, or eternal death based on your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I was off island for that number of days for that event. And I know that that uh, many will be asking me about that. Many already have. I know that probably at church on Sunday, there will be a lot who are uh, praying for me and for my family and uh, trust and be assured that that was a great, hopeful time for our family, a good time for our family. And uh, at the end of it all, when I was leaving, we could all give each other a hug and say, we had a good week, a good week together. And I, I wanted to remind of the verse that says, we do not sorrow like those who have no hope. Boy, was that true. We were not in a, a state of being distraught or of being overly sad and gripped with fear or dread, but instead looking at that hopeful day when all of us will go to meet the Savior in heaven. Well, I wanted to share that with you because... I know there would been have been many of you who would have asked about that. Maybe you were wondering where I was over the the past several days. Um, several have already asked, and I actually haven't been in too many sort of public settings yet. Uh, but I wanted to give you that update um, as well. Um, let, let's take it. Let's go ahead and take another break, and then we can come back, and I can do this day in history. Perhaps I'll put this day in history as sort of the next thing on the agenda. You're listening to Live Till 5. This is KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. When we come back this day in history, remember you can listen at khmg.org. You can download the podcast there when it's ready later this evening if you're listening on Friday or if you're listening on the rebroadcast. should have been there for a couple of days. Thanks for listening. Half a day. Good afternoon. It's 24 minutes in front of four o'clock at KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, and you're listening to Live Till Five. My name is Chris Harper, filling in 
For Pastor Jared Baldwin today, who is off-island, I was off-island for about 10 days as well. Got delayed a little bit on my journey out because of Tropical Storm Maria, and apparently you all had to deal with a little more of that uh, the day I left. What what happened after I left, Sebastian? Well, I just remember um, coming in and keeping an eye on the storm, and uh, yeah, I, I knew that your plane was leaving, and I was like, well, it's probably going to get delayed because yeah, you know, we we saw the uh, I saw the storm going through. And, uh, yeah, it actually transformed into a uh, Category 3, I think, or uh, one of those. It got pretty strong after it, hit, it went by us. And I think as it was gaining strength, we still had strands of it hitting us, you know, because it was getting bigger and bigger. But, uh, yeah, so that's... Yeah, and it went and hit Japan, from what I understand. I heard that on the news as I was... I didn't report anything about Guam in the States, but they reported about Japan, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Of course, there was a lot of damage in Japan. Where here, it wasn't. There wasn't much damage no, overall. That was my first kind of. I think that was the first one I've had, uh, right. like, of anything. Like so, I remember the the wind kind of howling really loud that that night when you're trying to fall asleep. And, uh, sure. Uh, but yeah, it was, and and the power, you know, was pretty good at getting back on. You know, eventually, so. Yeah, we were we we were without power the night that it hit, but then we we had power again in the morning, so it was just fine. And then I was supposed to leave that morning, yeah, and then I had to leave uh, late in the evening on that day instead. And I, from what I read, it was about twenty nine other flights were delayed as well. So it was probably a good number of people who uh, were delayed in getting out. Um, I don't remember the date that was now, but it was. Um, well, it was 12 days ago, I guess. So it would have been like the 8th, something like that. Well, I wanted to get to this day in history. Uh, Lawrence Nagengas, not with us today, but I went ahead and compiled some this day in history items from a number of websites. I probably was at seven or eight different websites. History.com was one of them. Um, Encyclopedia Britannica or Britannica.com was one of them. And there was timeanddate.com. I don't remember what else, but there was several uh, different sources for this. So this is kind of a, an interesting um, day in history for a number of reasons. We're, you're not going to see Liberation Day in this because this is for the 20th. And Liberation Day is, of course, on the 21st. So you won't see that in this day in history. Uh, but I'm going to read a little bit about uh, Guam's Liberation Day as well, particularly about how Guam was captured by the Japanese. And then uh, I don't have much on the liberation, uh, the specifics of the liberation at this moment. But for those who haven't heard about the uh, capture of Guam, um, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. In 1402, this day in history, Tamerlane's Mongols defeat the Ottoman Turks at Angora. I wasn't sure what that was, so I got a few details. The forces of the Ottoman Sultan, Bayezid I, were defeated by those of the Central Asian ruler, Timur, at the Battle of Ankara, resulting in the collapse of Bayezid's empire. That was in 1402. In 1715, the Riot Act goes into effect in England, 
And I knew a little bit about that, but I didn't uh, didn't pull any more information. Colombia was declared uh, declared its independence, I should say, from Spain in 1810 on this day. In 1864, near Atlanta, Confederate forces led by General John Bell Hood unsuccessfully attack Union troops under General William T. Sherman in the Battle of Peach Tree Creek. This was Hood's first battle as head of the Army of Tennessee. He had assumed the command from Joseph Johnston just two days before when Confederate President Jefferson Davis replaced Johnston after Sherman backed the Confederate general's troops into Atlanta. Now, you'll remember that Sherman, uh, on his march to the sea, was basically winning every battle. And so they were just simply reacting here in the Confederacy. And this is when General John Bell Hood uh, failed in his attack. In 1881, fugitive Sioux Indian leader Sitting Bull surrendered to federal troops. Then as we jump forward to the 20th century, Adolf Hitler in 1944 is wounded in an assassination attempt by German army officers at Rastenburg. Now, I have watched an entire um, documentary about this particular assassination attempt. And just to get to this point, these German officers risked their lives multiple times, many times, just to be able to plant this suitcase bomb to try to get uh, Adolf Hitler. And what happened basically was he was supposed to be at one place at one time, and he just uh, barely veered off course. And so when the explosion happened, he was injured, but he was not in the place that he, they thought he would be, and so he was not killed but this was a, a harrowing attempt, and I believe a lot of these guys that uh, tried this were captured, and uh, some of them no doubt killed. That was in 1944. 1948, Truman issues a peacetime draft. He did this with a proclamation calling for nearly 10 million men to register for military service within the next two months. Now, Truman's actions came during increasing Cold War tensions with the Soviet Union. So Russia is in the news literally today uh, regarding Vladimir Putin and his meeting in Helsinki with President Trump just a few days ago and all that was said and done there or what was presumed to be said and done there, whichever the case. And now uh, on this day in history, we're talking about tensions with the Soviet Union in 1948. 1951, King Abdullah I of Jordan was assassinated in 1969. This was a momentous day in history, if you think about it, because Apollo 11 lands on the moon. That was carrying Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, who became the first humans to walk on the moon. The spacecraft safely landed on the Sea of Tranquility on the moon. This day, 1969. 69. This was an interesting one. Bruce Lee dies at the age of 32 in 1973. And then something that's sort of somber to remember in 2012. The Aurora shooting leaves 12 dead, 70 wounded. 
gunman James Holmes started a mass shooting in a movie theater in Aurora, a Denver suburb, killing 12 people, the youngest, a six-year-old girl, and injuring at least 70 others. Yeah, I remember that, uh, the, the shooting on the news. Because uh, it, it was for the, I think it was a Batman movie that came out. And uh, I remember, like, uh, going to bed the, the night before I was going to go, which is the next day. And I wasn't going to go to, like, the midnight release or anything. But um, yeah, I remember as I went to bed, I was like, wow, that would be just just off like just a random idea in my head i was like that would there's a lot of people in a place like that and like like if someone wanted to do something bad that 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 would uh like that could happen and then literally the next day that that shooting happened i'm like oh no <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah well because because it was a big event because it was like a big movie coming out and so a lot of people would come together for one yeah, one, in one spot gathering so. in one place yeah yeah so it's uh it, it horrible and unfortunately as we do this day in history, over the past 10 to 15 years, there will be a lot of those uh, shootings that will appear on this day in history. And there seems to be more and more of those appearing. So we're in a, living in an age of the, uh, the mass shooting as well. Well, I want to talk about something that um, many of you probably have the day off in observance of, and that is Liberation Day. After World War II was over, community leader Agueda Iglesias Johnston convinced U.S. military leaders on Guam to support a celebration to commemorate the liberation of the island from the Japanese after World War II or during World War II. This celebration continues to this day as one of Guam's holidays, Liberation Day, which is celebrated tomorrow, July 21st, but like I mentioned, most people are sort of observing it today uh, because it's Friday. Some may be observing it on Monday. But for us here at Harvest Ministries, uh, we're, we're kind of the, the lonely employees here, Sebastian, <laughs> because most everybody else oh, yeah. is observing Liberation Day. While there were Liberation Day commemorations in the late 1940s and then Liberation Day celebrations in the early 1950s, the first Liberation Day Queen contest wasn't held until 1948. Beatrice Blas Calvo Perez was the first Liberation Day Queen of Guam. The winner was declared based on ticket sales, just as it is today. So I wanted to read some of the information behind the liberation of Guam, not specifically the battle for our liberation, but why we needed to be liberated. Uh, you, um, if you've heard World War II commemorations in the past, they're usually pretty uh, U.S. centric. Um, you'll hear the the speech uh, about a day that will live in infamy, which was about the attack on Pearl Harbor, and you may not realize or understand if you're new to Guam and you haven't heard this story, especially. It would be good for you to hear that it was a day that will live in infamy for the island of Guam as well, because Guam was struck by disaster on the 8th of December, 1941. Now, this is what leads to the liberation of Guam again. Uh, out of the east that morning came nine Japanese planes flying high and fast 
and then swooping down like vultures, their guns spitting death and destruction on our island. Just four hours earlier, Pearl Harbor was attacked, and more than 2,500 Americans were killed, and America's proud Pacific fleet was badly crippled. In Guam, terror gripped the people as the warplanes, flying in formation of threes, bombed Sumai and later strafed Petey and Hagatnia and other populated areas. The date was the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Many families were still in church when the planes struck on Guam on the 8th of December, 1941. There's a lot about that we could go into. I'm getting my information, by the way, from Guampedia. And if you're not familiar with Guampedia, if there's anything you ever sort of want to know about the history of Guam or the villages of Guam or the people of Guam or the customs of Guam, go to Guampedia, just Google Guampedia, and you'll be able to find this information and a whole lot more on this. Then on December 10th, Japanese forces invaded Guam, and they were more than fully prepared for the undertaking. By mid-October, the Japanese 18th Air Unit, a small force of reconnaissance seaplanes, had begun to survey over and near Guam, and by November, the unit was flying secret photo reconnaissance missions of the island at an altitude of 3,000 meters or higher. Assigned to capture Guam were the South Seas Detachment, a unit of about 5,500 Army troops under the command of Major General Tomatara Hori and a special Navy land force of about 400 men led by Commander Hiroshi Hayashi and drawn from the 5th Defense Force stationed in Saipan. The Guam defending force was woefully undermanned, 274 Navy personnel, more than half of them non-combative personnel. So they were not, uh, needless to say, they were not ready for the invasion that was to come. Um, 153 Marines, about 120 Insular Force Guards, whose military training was minimal at best. The Guam defenders' total arsenal, three machine guns, four Thompson submachine guns, six Browning automatic pistols, 50 30 caliber pistols, a dozen 22 caliber regulation rifles, and 85 Springfield rifles. Most of the weapons were made of World War I vintage. Imprinted on the Springfield rifles were labels with the following notation, do not shoot for training only. That must have inspired confidence in the Insular Guard and the others when they picked up their weapons and it said, do not shoot for training only. So um, in terms of firepower, the outcome of the invasion was uh, more than certain. The scenario in the early morning of the 10th of December, 1941, was this. 400 strong, well-trained, and well-disciplined Japanese invasion forces landed at Tamuning's Dunka Beach. The larger invasion force of 5,500 made beach, beach landings around the island in Tumon and Jonia and um, at Marizo as well. And this group in southern Guam, finding no road to Agate, was forced to reboard their supporting craft and relanded in Agate. The invaders at Dunka's Beach, after regrouping, made their way to Hagatnia, and troops came across a group of Chamorro families fleeing 
17 people aboard the truck, uh, 13 were killed, others also perished. And uh, from then on, the invasion was on and uh, Guam was captured by the Japanese. I'm going to try to turn forward here. I highlighted some other stuff, but there was so many pages in between that I'm not finding my highlighted material. But this is what led, this invasion of Guam is what led to what we're celebrating here over the next couple of days, uh, liberation. And that's why we celebrate this time of liberation, because of how bad things were during that time. American forces were bombarding the island from offshore in July in preparation for their invasion, and uh, which would liberate Guam. And during that time, you'll probably know and have heard about, I know I've read it in the papers, and it's been on, uh, on the news stations as well, wholesale massacres of Chamorro people taking place on the island at Fina, Marizzo, Jigo, Hagatnia, and other places as well. Um, you can go to guampedia.com to find out some more about that. But the liberation of Guam is something to celebrate because of the dire circumstances and the difficulty of those days when the Japanese invaded this island and captured it. So I hope that uh, you're thinking about, thankful for the uh, recapture of Guam by American forces and the liberation of Guam and the liberty that we uh, enjoy today on this island. Well, it's about seven minutes before four o'clock, so we're about ready to get to our second hour. We'll just take a short break here and then come back and we talk about a couple of other things. And then it's the second hour of Live Till 5. KHMG.org is where you need to go if you want to listen online or if you want to download the podcast later, if you weren't able to catch most of this first hour. Hey, thanks for listening. Well, good afternoon. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. I've had a few kids in the uh, studio today. You may have heard them making noise in the background. That's just what happens when you have kids in the studio. And uh, they're going to join us sort of for our last segment here today in our first hour as we um, do kind of a tradition at the end of the first hour. What are you doing this weekend? So what are you doing this weekend, Sebastian? Yeah. Well, we're finishing up moving and um, have a long move across the street. And, <laughs> yeah. It's been, but still, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, you got to grab all those little things and then you think you're done, but then you realize you got a lot more to grab. And yeah, so that's, that's the stage we're in right now. And, uh, but we'll, we're pretty happy with uh, where we're going. Yeah. Where we're a little at. bit bigger place for when the baby comes. For when the baby soon. comes. And, yeah. um, yep, uh, he can play around and, uh, it'll be great. And there's two bathrooms. So there's two bathrooms when the child gets big enough to be able to use yeah. one of those bathrooms. We'll, uh, make sure he yeah. gets, uh, pies rain pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah. we say, I'll, and I'll ensure him that we have two bathrooms and we should make full use of them. Right. So good. <laughs> Glad to hear that. All right. I have Hannah Harper and Sarah Harper on the mic, and then Steven's in the back. He's going to step up in a minute. 
Um, what do you guys think we're going to do this weekend? Now, I'm going to I'm going to either rule out whatever you say, or I'm going to rule it in as a possibility. What do you guys want to do this weekend? Sarah. Go to the pool. Go to the pool? Pool. I can rule that in. That is a possibility that we would go to the pool this weekend. The pool. The pool. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? What go to Yogurt th- Land. Go to Yogurt Land. That I'm not sure I can rule in as a possibility <laughs> <laughs> because of the financial commitment that that involves of going to Yogurt Land. But we're going to do something this weekend because I've been gone for a long time. And then... Well, it hasn't been a long time. It's only been 10 days. But I have been, since I've been offline, uh, off island all that time, and now I've come back. I've still got a few days left off. I've got all of next week that I won't be in the office or in the station. So we've got some time to do some things. But I'm going to try to plan something for uh, either for tomorrow probably or even we could even plan for next week because we've got time time to do it. But. It was, uh, since I had all that uh, time off, I thought I should spend some of it with the children. What about you, Stephen? What did you want to do? You can come up to the mic here, dude. Just step up to the mic. What did you want to do? Actually, I have no idea what I want to do. Oh, okay. Well, do stuff. oh, okay. He wants to do stuff. So we'll probably do something this weekend. Um, uh, whatever you're doing this weekend, I hope there is something involved with celebrating uh, Liberation Day, at least a, a period of thankfulness for uh, the um, freedom that we enjoy on this island. I know there's always ongoing talks of what will happen in the future with this island and and uh, all that that um, people debate and talk about. But today, thankfully, we have the opportunity to be part of the United States of America and to have been an island. Uh, liberated uh, so many years ago and to have the freedoms that we enjoy today. So hopefully there's some thankfulness for that this weekend in whatever you're doing. We have another hour of Live Till 5, though, coming up. So we hope you'll stick around for that. We're going to be talking about our theme of the day, which is beaches. And the kids were able to help me out with uh, uh, starting on some research for that topic and so we'll talk about it in our second hour hey thanks for listening to live till five you're listening to live till five are you sure on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. What we did here is, this was my decision. I chose a Live Till 5 song that I hadn't heard before called Clara. Clara. And it was a mistake. <laughs> I've never heard this. Maybe it was one of those, uh, we'll maybe use it, and then I don't know. it was never used. Or maybe they used it for a specific circumstance or something. I have no idea, but... This was Clara. This, this can be played when the coffee is walking in. Just <laughs> so <Yes>. magical. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a magical Live Till Five song. I, I, I probably should have chosen one that I knew, but I thought, you know, it says it's in the Live Till Five playlist. 
I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to yeah. give it a try. Yeah. I I, I knew it would ha- I had a 50-50 chance. It would either work or it would not work. I and think we're good. in the not work category. <laughs> I think we can successfully put that in the not work category. Now, here's the other thing is I've got another one for the break in a few minutes here called Chosen to Run for Ethiopia. It's also in the Live Till 5 playlist. You know, this this reminds me of something. Um, I, back in the day when you had to, like, uh, download specific songs onto your phone. Like yeah. If you wanted to listen to certain things. When digital... when digital music was still like um young yes. as far as far as uh, sale of it and stuff yes um for some reason i had a song i was listening to it was a little bit um a little bit mellow you know it wasn't anything too 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 intense but for some reason i don't know what happened in the download but this extremely heavy metal terrifying song like just popped in in the middle of the song <laughs> like there must have been some sort of error in the download and like started downloading some other song and like, which is a song like I had no idea. I didn't. I don't even know what it was. But it terrified me. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I was like just listening, and then, yeah, I don't even want to mimic it because it was terrifying. <laughs> but it was just like I was not expecting this. And uh, I, if someone of a weaker heart probably would not have survived this. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is when I used to have in several studios I've been in over the years in radio. Uh, there has been some reason for people turning the volume way up on something. Maybe there was something very quiet that they wanted to hear. And then you would, after they had done that, maybe maybe they were editing something really quiet and they cranked it up. And then after that, you would put the headphones on oh, yeah. and you would begin to play whatever piece of music or whatever program you were going to play. And all of a sudden it would blow your eardrums out. And I remember grabbing my headphones and literally throwing them against the wall because it was such, it was so loud and so insane, and yeah. it would just yeah. Well, if you have, ever have those moments where you um you forget that you have your headphones on sometimes, and yes. I had one of those moments where uh, I was just browsing on the web and I had YouTube up in the background, but something started automatically yes. playing. Yes, and I honestly it it was sounded like trumpets of some sort, and I'm like, yes. oh my goodness. I like there this is. is the this is the second coming or, or whatever. <laughs> like, the rapture. This is this is the end, and I was freaking out. But it was just a little video in the background that I didn't realize was up. So so it's a <laughs> it's an impromptu beginning to uh, Live Till Five's second hour. Now, if you've been listening during the first hour, I've introed. We're talking about beaches today. We've talked a little bit about Liberation Day and. Uh, done our idioms and our this day in history. And this will be a little bit different uh, second hour. And what I want to start with, since our topic is beaches, is I want to start talking about beaches. So I have um, two Harper children here, Hannah and Stephen. And Sarah's in the background over there. Um, I won't describe what she's doing, but I would not prefer to be doing that, let's just say. Uh, But that, that's the way it goes sometimes in the studio. There's just too many things to touch and put your hands on and to sit on. And anyway, so I want to talk about beaches, guys. What of all the beaches we go to, and we go pretty regularly to some beaches, what's your favorite beach to go to, Stephen? Of the beaches that we've been to pretty recently, because we've been to a lot, but recently. You know, I'm actually not even sure. 
you can give me a little bit longer to think about it, I could probably tell you. Oh, really? Well, do you want till the end of the show, or what's going on here? <laughs> what about I need about you? a minute. What about you, Hannah? Which one do you like to go to? Um, well, I usually like to go to Gun Beach, but now that it's really closed, we can't really go to it anymore. I guess you can still go out to Gun... Now, you've been to it since it's been closed off, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's where I proposed to Jessica. Yes. And it was closed at that time, too. Okay. So you have to... I think what you have to do, and I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to uh, give anybody a uh, um, any kind of advice about what they should do about Gun Beach, but let's just say uh, it doesn't have the public access that it used to, right? Is that fair, Stephen? Yeah. Yeah. So Gun Beach, if you can't go to Gun Beach, where do you guys like to go? There's one we always go to, right? Tagachin. Yeah. In Jonia. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one we like to go to. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of reasons why. It's usually pretty quiet, right? There's usually not a whole lot of people yeah, there. Other than when people turn their music really high. And then <laughs> sometimes we just call it the bamboo beach because sometimes it has like a lot of bamboo. Yeah, there's a lot of bamboo washed up on, on the beach. And sometimes there's other things washed up on the beach, like um, sometimes the Portuguese man of war. Remember when we had the Portuguese man of war yeah, problem yeah. on to, at Tagachin? But, um, but yeah, that's that one we like to go to because there's usually not a whole lot of people there. It's got a little bit of rocks. You can kind of climb around on the rocks. You can go out a little further into the water. It's not real deep. Um, you have some sand there. There's an open area of sand as well. And it's just a nice, usually just a nice place to go. Sometimes it's a little exposed to the sun, direct sun. Really, really exposed to direct sun. But other than that, it's pretty fun. What do you guys like to do on the beach? I like to sometimes make, like, dams. Right, out of, out of the sand. Yeah. Yeah, so then the water comes up and... And then last time I went snorkeling, so... Yeah, yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah, so that's what we like to do. And, and the uh, the beaches on Guam, we always find a couple of things... Usually, they're pretty uncrowded, right? The places that we've gone, yeah. there's not too many people there, and um, they're just nice. I was at a beach recently, Waikiki, in Honolulu, on Oahu, and it was really crowded. There was a ton of people there. It was really noisy. It was totally exposed to the sun. There's really nowhere to get out of the sun. And I was hoping and wishing to be back on our little island on one of our beaches instead. So I've had a little recent experience with beaches. But that's going to be our theme today. We're going to talk a little bit more about beaches. But it's 15 minutes after 4, so we're going to take our first break during our second hour of Live Till 5. I think this one might be a keeper. Chosen to run for Ethiopia. It's our bumper music. During this break, live till 5. Hey, stay with us. My name is Chris Harper, filling in for Jared Baldwin today. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. It's 19 minutes after 4 o'clock. 
haven't done the best job today of choosing the uh, the intro songs. I've been going out on a limb and choosing some songs of which I I didn't previously know. This one's called Gerudo Valley. Yes. I know this song. Oh, you know this song? I love it. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, the intro is pretty slow, though. So I think yeah, that's understandable. I'm pretty sure this is a game song. I'm sure this is this is one of those things where um, Pastor Jared would not like the the speed of the the intro. You okay, Sarah? All right, we we have an impromptu. What's in my coffee today? And uh, thank you very much to Mrs. Basil Dua for mm-hmm. her assistance and help in the execution of the impromptu what's in my coffee oh yeah and we're so we're going to take care of that in a minute but we were talking about beaches and you didn't get to give your input on your favorite beach around our island yeah I, you know what there's a uh, rotidian and that's it's a pretty good beach however i the drive there is just kind of devastating i feel like sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like your car might not make it <laughs> Uh, yeah. going there. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of prefer not to go there that often. Um, but I know my wife loves it and I know uh, sister-in-law loves it and uh, we, we will go occasionally. Um, I honestly... What's the draw yeah. to that one? I well, I, I think know. it has the... It has some interesting sand. It's yeah. like star sand or something like that. Yeah. And, and it is... I mean, it is pretty nice. Um, but... I, I really don't know. Other, I mean, for me, I, I mean, all beaches kind of feel pretty similar here. <laughs> I mean, but so like when it comes to, I guess I like just the ones down in Tumon because, um, I don't know, just simple, you know, good view. You can get there um, quick. Yeah, get there quick, definitely. Um, I, sometimes I don't like when people are there and they like set up their music and start blasting stuff, but, um. That we've, might be, we've had that same experience, yeah, haven't we, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't... I, oh, I've been to Shark's Hole. That was the main thing. I've, uh, have you been to Shark's Hole before? No, we went out to try to find that, and then I think we gave up before we got there. Yeah, because it's kind of... I forget, I remember now. It's, it's, it's kind of a hike yeah, it's to a hike. get there first. Yeah. You'll be disappointed. There are no sharks there at all. In Shark's Hole, there's no sharks? No. Oh, wow. Apparently not. I, I went out there pretty far. I, I would be disappointed by that. <laughs> I, I, it's like you get out there, where are the sharks? You know. Then again, you might be happy they're not gnawing on your toes or something. Yeah. So, but uh, but I, I, I can't remember why it was called Shark's Hole. Um, if you know it, if you know the reason why it's called Shark's Hole, please yell into the radio. We cannot hear it. This but. is a good place <laughs> to go to Guampedia and look that up. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah that's another thing. I've, I've been there a couple times, but... Also, it's just kind of rough to get there. Um, it's a it's a hike. It's not too hard of a hike, but it is a hike. And uh, um, I just, I prefer not to hike too much when I'm going to the beach. I want to go relax, not uh, hike and then relax. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we should, we should probably play What's in My Coffee. Let me find the, uh, the What's in My Coffee music. Um, I think it's just the Hebrews theme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as I find the What's in My Coffee music, then we can commence our What's in My Coffee game for today. 
What's in my coffee is not brought to you today by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Gift Store. Although it kind of is, even though we bought coffee from a an undisclosed coffee shop, another coffee shop on this island. Again, undisclosed. I cannot reveal the name of the coffee shop, which we purchased this coffee slash drinks from. But they do a good job too. Oh yeah, of course. So we should start. Um, let's start with you, Hannah. You've you've consumed a little bit of your uh, drink, and you should. So here's how we play the game of what's in my coffee. If you're a regular listener, you already know. But for the benefit of those who do not, we are all given a drink of which we are unsure of the ingredients contained therein. And so we drink a little bit of the drink and we describe it in a vivid manner to the listeners. We describe the texture, the taste, the color, the temperature, and other things of that nature. So commence Hannah with your drink of the day and its description. Well, it's cold and it's orangish yellow. It's yeah. good and it's like... I think it's pineapple and mango. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, what I see is that it's a little bit thicker on the bottom. It's kind of icy on the bottom, and it's separate a little bit, and it's a little more liquidy on the top. But it looks kind of like orange juice, like frozen orange juice almost, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you have something similar, Sarah? Why don't you come over and you can talk on that mic, Sarah, girl. And you can talk about your drink. <laughs> Stephen, why don't you talk and then she can get into position. So you have an orange style drink. What did you say? What kind did you say it was? Like <coughs> pineapple or mango. Pineapple or mango or pineapple or like and mango? Both. Both. Pineapple and mango. Sarah, you keep coughing. Are you okay? Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> it's just so beautifully good. Uh, so describe. Here's your drink. Describe your drink, Sarah. You don't have to take three more drinks of it. Come on. <laughs> I forgot what it tastes like already. <laughs> it's orange yellow. It's good. And it tastes like mango. Tastes like mango. It's orangish yellow. Mm. And it's good. Looks like a mango. Tastes <laughs> like a mango. Perhaps it is a mango. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen, what do you have? something um it's red it tastes raspberry raspberry yeah nice it's carbonated okay except um most of it's ice but <laughs> anyways but it's red yeah it's red and it's cold yeah and it's icy yeah is it good yeah of course it's good so it tastes like red raspberry he said he knows it tastes like raspberry because that's what it says on the side. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, a little no, cheating. No, maybe maybe that's not what uh, it does. Maybe they did that to that, fool you. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not actually raspberry. Yeah, but it does taste maybe, like raspberry. Maybe a big old knot was on there and it got wiped off. It is not raspberry. He might have said that. It could have said that. <laughs> I would say is not. <laughs> okay, and and Sebastian, yours is gone, but you yep. can describe it to us. Yeah, I feel kind of bad because I don't, I don't, 
I've been doing this for two years now, right? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, drinking coffee, and I'm still can't really tell the difference between most drinks. Um, I, I I think this is a creamy vanilla bean, and um, uh, that's that's pretty much what I always say. I feel like that's why I have to give a vivid description sometimes of uh, of it to make it sound a little bit more interesting because. Um, I, I think it's a creamy vanilla bean, and then I'll be wrong, and then I'll accept that uh, I'm bad at life. And uh, yeah. you're bad at life. <laughs> the the game of uh, what's in my coffee, maybe not life, oh. maybe not that bad. Okay, thanks. So, so what did you think it was? What's your guess? Yeah, the creamy vanilla. Creamy vanilla. Sorry, let me describe it a little more. Okay. It has ice in it. Yes. It is cold. It has a nice red straw. It's a see-through cup. It is a. Uh, a, a light brown flavor. Uh, uh, look, it looks light brown. It looked light brown. Now it's pretty much uh, gone and ice. But um, <laughs> it was nice and sweet, though. Yeah, good. So I have I have kind of a a really white colored drink. I mean, it it doesn't even look. It almost doesn't even look like a coffee drink because it's so white. And it tastes very sweet. It's a cold drink as well. Uh, they all have red straws for whatever reason. That must be the trademark of this particular <laughs> establishment. But it tastes kind of like chocolate, like white chocolate. And since it says WM on the side, I think it might be a white mocha. <laughs> I sort of cheated too. But then I looked at it and I said, why does it? I kind of went, why does it say WM on the side? thought that was maybe somebody's name or something. Then I realized that probably means white mocha. So <laughs> let me open up and reveal what the name of the drinks are or what the type of drinks are. Number one, iced white mocha. Wow, you called it. I got it. I'm number two. Number two is called a hot lava. What? A caramel and vanilla latte. Well, it had vanilla bean. Yeah. So I was kind of right. You kind of got it. Kind of got it. Steven, you're number three. You had an Italian soda, raspberry, and we had number four. Who had number four? Sarah, you had number four. Guess what you had? Mango smoothie. Whoa. I knew it. Knew it. <laughs> knew it. Once I said mango, I'm like, mango. <laughs> Talking off mic, Sarah. Um, <laughs> and then number you. five, you you have number five. That is a peach smoothie. You can peach tell the difference smoothie. between a peach and a mango. Now that I think about it, it does taste like peach. Yeah. Well, it's easier <laughs> once you hear what it what it is. You were gonna say meat, then weren't you? Then it automatically tastes like that. Meat. Oh boy. So we're talking about beaches today. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then there's a lot of coughing and choking on drinks. And <laughs> things like that are happening now. Yeah. Also cheating on our drinks. So. Well, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> it's a bit harsh. Well, it was written on the side, so it's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, a little bit more about beaches today on Live Till 5.
Well, it's 26 minutes before 5, KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, and live till 5. Thank you for being with me today. My name is Chris Harper, filling in today for Pastor Jared Baldwin, who is off-island, has been off-island for a couple weeks already, and will be off-island for a couple more weeks as well, bringing in the Georgia Mail, starting off our uh, segment this time around. That's that's a common one. He uses that one somewhere really? often. I, I think he had... You know what? It was before your time most of the time he used this Oh, one. okay. People love it, though. This is my me. first. That's your first bringing in the Georgia Mail? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a live till five classic that might have come slightly before your time. So. Mm, okay. And I, but I've played it when I filled in as well because... Oh. Because it's one I recognize, so I I, go, I do two things. I either play those that I don't recognize or songs that I do recognize but I haven't heard in a while. So oh, that's yes, just what yes, I did yes, with that one. Okay. I hadn't heard that one in a while. And uh, to end this segment, I'm going to play the, the old standby Kung Fu Homeschooler. So we'll give that a try. But our, our theme today on Live Till 5 has been beaches. And so I went with some some um, stories that you would think are very common if you're going to be on the topic of beaches. And I wanted to find out what are the best beaches in the world. Now, the problem with the word best is you have no idea really what criteria they're using to determine what are the best beaches in the world. And sometimes um, one person's definition of a great beach is is uh, not another person's definition of a great beach, but I also have the 10 most popular beaches in the world. That's a little bit easier to determine. They can find out how many people visit that city and then how many people either pay for a pass to that beach or whatever may be the case to determine uh, the number of visitors that come through. So we're going to talk about both of those things. Hey, if you're making noise with your drinks, guys, we can hear that on the radio. So just so you know, Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> There's still a little bit of leftover what's in my coffee drinks going on right now. So we're uh, trying to finish those up, right? Are we about done with that? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> There's been more noise than usual in the background, and that's because there's three Harper children here. I figured since I had to be here on a day, I wouldn't normally be here. And during a show, I wouldn't uh, normally, you know, well, I would be here probably if we were doing this live, but whatever the case was, I thought I'll bring the kids along so they don't have to sit at home and suffer through the the boring end of summer, you know, inactivity. The boring end of summer where you realize school is starting to, uh, soon and you just... Are you guys excited for school to start? Actually, not really. Not really. <laughs> well, yeah, now that I got my shots out of the way, yes, I'm excited. But now you got your shots out of the way today, right? For me, it was it was uh, it was terrifying because it was like fo- football practice started like before school did, so it was like a couple days before it was a couple weeks before school actually started, um, and that would be on my mind and uh, terrified of uh, being a good tackler or a bad tackler, and uh, or if people you, or if people tackled me, yes. Um, <laughs> That would make you me didn't a bad run with the ball. You didn't run with the ball. Oh, trust oh. me. Back in the day, I was like, we played recess football a lot. And I was, 
if there was a position called the interceptor, I would have been it because I just always laid back in the uh, in the back on defense and would just read the quarterback and, and watch what he, where he was going to throw. Wow. And I would just kind of lay low like I didn't exist or blend in with the background. And once he threw that ball, I knew exactly where he was going, and I would sprint and intercept that ball all the time. That's why I'd be the interceptor. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea that would have been your position. Yeah. The interceptor. <laughs> well, I want to talk about a few things in regard to beaches because we really haven't gotten to anything, and there's only 22 minutes left in the show. So I want to talk about a couple of things I found. So what I would typically do based on – now, Stephen gave me the idea for today's um, show, the theme of the show, right? What What was your thinking behind talking about beaches today? I don't know. I just – saw a picture of a beach and I'm like, well, I, we haven't talked about that, so we can think about that. <laughs> it, it also has to do with summer, so yeah. having beaches yeah, was, was good too. an activity for summer, so that's a good topic. You know, your technique for finding out what the theme should be of the show, I think is the same technique that Pastor Jared uses. <laughs> he just sees something lying around the office. He's like, uh, coasters, that'll be the theme of the show today. Something like that. So yeah. I think he does something similar. You should enjoy summer and the season of summer here on Guam while it lasts. Because according to some big, big stores, they do stuff seasonally. So um, some pool noodles and stuff like that are not always available because it's not in season, technically. Yeah, not in season, <laughs> the pool noodle. It's not. They, yeah. Yeah, well, it's also good to have beaches because... We have a lot of beaches here, so talking about beaches is, like, normal. Yeah, of course. It's normal. So I want to talk about... So what I did then, I typed in some thoughts about beaches and things in Google, and then I just look at the news regarding beaches, and I found something I thought was pretty interesting. It says, for a place that depends on sun and sand-seeking tourists, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, has a big problem. Its beaches are disappearing. The Florida city has been fighting a defensive battle against nature for decades. The sand that lines its shores is constantly being swept out to sea by wind, waves, and tides. In the natural course of things, that sand would be replenished by grains carried by the Atlantic's southward-moving currents. That's what used to happen. But today, so... um, So many um, marinas, jetties, and breakwaters have been built along the Atlantic coast that the flow of incoming sand has been blocked. So the natural erosion continues, but natural replenishment does not. Now, they go on to talk about all the other places along the Atlantic where this is occurring. It happens to be that um, some in Florida are those that are disappearing at the uh, fastest rate. And the reason it's such an issue is because they're visited by so many people. And so what they're having to do is to take sand from other places and basically suck it up into the back of a truck and uh, take it to another beach and replenish the beach that way manually so this is apparently a problem florida isn't an anomaly it says beaches are disappearing 
all across America and, in fact, around the world, from South Africa to Japan to Western Europe, a 2017 study by the U.S. Geological Survey warned that unless something is done, as much as two-thirds of Southern California's beaches may be completely eroded by the year 2100. Now, this is mostly our own fault. Sand gets to beaches from a combination of sources that vary depending on local geography. In places with steep mountains close to the coast, like much of the American West, rivers carry the sand straight to the shore. In other places, waves push sand from the ocean bed ashore, and all beaches are fed, at least in part, by currents traveling along the coast, bringing sand from other areas. Human beings are interfering with all of those processes, it says here. Now, I'm not a big fan of the stories that um, say that sort of uh, um, people are sort of a parasite on the earth, (laughs) right? So sometimes they will sort of indicate that, well, if it weren't for humans, everything here would be fantastic. I'm not quite, I'm not quite that, um, I don't think that's a biblical view of the world. Humans aren't parasites on the earth and the earth wouldn't be fantastic if it weren't for people. We were meant to, uh, we were meant to right. uh, keep the, like, you know, take care of it almost. Dress and keep the garden, of course, yes, yes. in that day. And then we're, we're stewards of the earth that we own. But in many countries, including the U.S., rivers and dams also cut off sand that is used to feed beaches. The widespread practice of dredging up rivers for making concrete, that is the sand out of rivers, to make concrete makes the problem even worse. Researchers at the South African Institute of International Affairs believe that sand mining has slashed by one-third the flow of river sand that feeds Durban beaches in South Africa. And in the San Francisco Bay, environmentalists warn that massive sand dredging may be starving nearby beaches that are on the ocean. And so there's some widespread efforts to outlaw some of those practices and of course, it's a, a big issue for people who are into tourism and who want to see that continue. But if the beaches disappear, uh, so many times, so do the tourists. Yeah, I actually saw an interesting uh, um, uh, documentary video on the uh, the BP oil spill and how yeah. that affected beaches and uh, how a lot of people tried to hide like the fact that there was a lot of oil in the water, even though it was dispersed. Because like, they wanted to be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, they, they, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see how that, how that all played out. And I, I actually have no idea what it is like now after that BP oil spell. Cause, uh, right. um, this is in the Gulf of Mexico, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Off, offshore drilling. Yeah. Offshore. Yeah. Offshore. And that was, that one was particularly, a massive in its total scope. Yeah. Now, coming from Alaska, the the previous previously the largest of the oil spills had been the Exxon Valdez, and I mean, yep. it was still a a really major issue when I was in Alaska, and it had already been you know ten or fifteen years. Exactly. When I moved to Alaska in two thousand, I think it had already been you know ten or fifteen years since that spill, but. Lawsuits were still ongoing. Cleanup efforts were still underway, and so it's a massive, it's a massive thing, and affects 
obviously affects beaches and things as well. So beaches is our theme, our topic today. When we come back, we'll uh, start talking about uh, the 20 best beaches in the world and also the 10 most popular beaches in the world. And uh, hopefully in the background, not so much noise from Harper children, right? Less noise this time, opening and shutting doors and things of that nature. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do on that, <laughs> on that as well. Thanks for listening to Live Till 5 this afternoon. Chris Harper filling in for Pastor Jared Baldwin. Should be back in a couple of weeks. And remember, you can listen to the rebroadcast noon to 2 on Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday evening. The podcast will be available just a couple hours after airing, 7 o'clock Friday evening, khmg.org. khmg.org. You can find a link to the podcast on our Facebook page or on our Twitter account. Thanks for listening this afternoon. This is Live Till 5. It's nine minutes before 5 o'clock. KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Talked a little bit about Shark's Hole earlier. Pam let us know. One of our faithful listeners. Sharks would get caught in there. But it would make for a fun story if there was just a hole out there, uh, a, a just a body of water there that they couldn't get out of that they just swam around in and yeah, be I, terribly dangerous. I noticed when you swim out there, you do notice like a, a big, you know, hole yeah. in, in the right, in the right, ocean right. floor. And it's like, it is pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. And terrifying at the same time too. Like, yeah. Is that great white going to just come on out and be like, how's it going? going <laughs> to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, beaches has been our topic of the day here on KHMG on Live Till 5. My name is Chris Harper, filling in for Pastor Jared. Now, something I realize every time I fill in is that it takes some time to get comfortable doing a show like this. And every time I do it, I think to myself, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. You get sidetracked. Your mind wanders a little bit. If there's anything else happening in the studio, you maybe get off track somewhat. When you have three kids running around in the background, sometimes it gets your mind off things that you thought you would say or you say things differently than you thought you would. And uh, so I appreciate being able to fill in, but without getting used to filling in again, it's... You know, it, it is a it is a challenge. So we did the best we could here today. Appreciate you uh, sticking with us here to the end. Just got about a, a nine minutes left on the program today. We've got the other thing we've got going here is I'm usually looking at one clock on one side of the room, which is about a minute and a half ahead of the clock on our computer here. So I found myself saying different times on different occasions but 
hey, you know what you can be thankful for? You can be thankful that you're saying the correct uh, rebroadcast times because I'm pretty sure I mixed up the AM and the PM one time on when oh, the... Oh, really? Um, yeah, so some poor souls are probably listening in at uh, uh, noon to two on Sunday. And, oh, yeah. And uh, seven to nine on Saturday and they missed it <laughs> poor both. Poor people. They were sitting by their radio All because of miscommunication. Hoping. Sebastian was bad at telling... Forever hoping that live <laughs> till five, they would hear coming up next, but it didn't. It never came up. Yep. <laughs> so uh, top 20 best beaches in the world to continue on our theme uh, for the day. Now, I'm going to contend right off the bat that none of these are the best beaches in the world. In my opinion, the best beaches in the world are right here where I live on Guam. So I'm sure these are great beaches, but I'm just going to say right away. This is somebody else's opinion. Uh, one of them here, I can't really pronounce, Tikahau Island, French Polynesia. <clears throat> Does that look about right? Let me take a Tikahau look at that. Tikahau Island? That is the, the Takehau Island. No, I'm no, just kidding. No, I don't no. know. <laughs> Tikahau Island, French Polynesia. Can't decide whether you want white or pink sand beaches. I didn't know the difference. But Same. You don't have to, have to at this postcard-worthy stretch of beach. And you may actually... See, that may actually be all you see because the island is so small. The pristine shore's beauty is only matched by the bright blue waters, which are primed for snorkeling and scuba diving. So that's a, there are pictures of all these too, and they look, they, they look pretty amazing. Dreamland Beach in Bali. I've heard of that one, actually. I think it's because of all the people I follow on Instagram and a lot of them somehow. I don't know how they have the time or the money. They're always winding up in Bali, and I don't really understand that. <laughs> uh, Bathsheba Beach in Barbados. Not sure what the origins of that name yeah, that's what I was wondering. are, but it's Bathsheba Beach. Um, let me see if I can if there's anything. It doesn't say anything about the origin of the name there, but we know the biblical Bathsheba, and that would seem to have negative connotations if you know the biblical story of Bathsheba and Samson. Uh, David. I mean, David. Uh, Sam, Samson wasn't around. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Samson and Delilah. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. David, Bathsheba. Seven Mile Beach, Grand Cayman Islands. Um, haven't heard of that one, but it says you can stay at the Ritz-Carlton if you want to go to this beach. I don't know that I can afford that, but thank you anyway. Horseshoe Bay in Bermuda, one of the most popular beaches on the island. Uh, includes Port Royal Cove, which is a shallow water, perfect for kids. There are also some dramatic rock formations on that one. Harbor Island is number 15 in the Bahamas. Blue Beach in Puerto Rico. Trunk Bay in St. John's, U.S. Virgin Islands. Waipau Valley Beach on the big island of Hawaii. I, I think this is Waipio Valley Beach. I'm sorry, I think I got that wrong. Parrot K, Turks and Caicos. Um, I've known, a, I've I've heard a lot about Turks and Caicos. I've never heard of it. I haven't. No. Oh, well, um, I somehow I watch a lot of travel shows or something, and I must have heard about that one <laughs> quite a number of times. Uh, Orient Bay Beach in Saint Martin, Treasure Beach in Jamaica. I'm not sure where this is in Jamaica, but I've been to Jamaica. And, you know, it doesn't say what city it is near. Um, Alamai, it says. 
and I don't know where that is on Jamaica, but oh, I've yes. been I've traveled the whole island of Jamaica. Uh, Matera Beach in Bora Bora, French Polynesia. You know, it would be cool to say you went to Bora Bora, wouldn't it? Bora Bora. Yeah, I would think that would be a great place. Palm Beach in Aruba. Uh, I don't know the name of this beach, but it's in St. Lucia. El Nido, Palawan in the Philippines. Number three, Sunset Beach, Oahu, Hawaii. I was just on Oahu a couple weeks ago. And uh, so I only got to Waikiki Beach, though. Hanapu Beach in Kauai. And then Hanakalani Beach in Maui. Maui, Hawaii. huh? And uh, talks about the, the black uh, sands of that particular beach. Okay, those are, those are the 20 uh, best beaches, it says. It looks like about four or five of the top 10 were on Hawaii. Yeah, but some of the best, best beaches are not even, like, advertised because they don't want their beaches to be known because they don't want oh, yeah, people there. Oh, yeah, of course. I, like, I've been out to Ulithi and, you know, some of the outer islands of some of these other islands nearby, and they're pretty awesome. So, Yeah, and those are the places, the far-flung places of the world are the places you really want to go. Anything that's listed on a tourist brochure is likely not what they say it is. Yeah. Having been in the, the tourism industry for a period of time, I know that that's usually the case. As far as the 10 most popular beaches, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get through much of this, but uh, the first one is in Italy, and I couldn't even begin to pronounce the name of this beach, but it's in a province of Bari, and it provides beautiful beaches, stunning scenery, charming atmosphere, and it's situated on a rocky cliff overlooking the sea, that is the town. Unsurprisingly, the beach is teeming with people all times of the day or night. But if you want to break away from the hordes and enjoy seafood dinners, there are many restaurants also along the beach. There's also one called uh, Chev... See, it's very, very difficult when there's something from the Netherlands. <laughs> Chevenegnen... And it's one of the most beautiful and popular resorts in Holland. Um, again, teeming with people day and night. Rabbit Beach in Sicily. Uh, Tropea in Italy. A lot of these are in Italy, I've noticed. Must be very, very popular beaches there with people that come from all over Europe. Mariana Grand Capri in Italy. Uh, Nazare in Portugal. Um, Ipanema Beach. Do you know where that is? Beaches of Ipanema? Have no. you heard about the girl from Ipanema? Nope. Okay, well, it's Brazil. Rio de Janeiro. Oh, yeah. Brazil. Yeah, yeah. That's just the top seven. Beaches. Are you going to be able to make a beach this weekend? If you can, go ahead and do so. Again, I think some of the beaches here on Guam, for me, are the best because this is where I live. So yeah. I appreciate those. If you're able to come out to church this weekend, I've probably taken too much time up on beaches now, but we kind of wound down at the end. Uh, if you want to come to church this weekend, we'd love to have you. 10.30 a.m. is our regular service. But if you want to come at 9.30, we have adult Bible fellowships, children's programs. I know those will be a blessing to you as well. This Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. Also, you can listen live to the church service if there's some reason you can't be with us on Sunday uh, at church. You can always listen live to our church service 
here on 88.1 FM. Well, thanks for listening to Live Till 5. My name is Chris Harper, filling in for Jared Baldwin. We'll be back in a couple of weeks.